Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Gruber. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Welcome to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason Mefford. And I am Kathy Gruber, and we are so honored to have another amazing special guest. I go back at least a year with this with this amazing woman. We've got Lottie Foos today, everybody. So welcome. We're so excited to have you. <laughs> Thanks, Kathy and Jason. Yeah. So tell everybody a little bit of who you are, what you're doing, what you're here with us to talk about, and like what got you here. Sure. So... Um, I think we're going to be talking a little bit about the work that you and I are doing together, actually, Kathy, uh, for the Healthcare Business Women's Association. So we've got a group called Women in Healthcare Give Back, and I'm the global chair and founder for that group. And basically, it's about helping women overcome some of the challenges they might face with confidence, um, with building skills professionally for the environment, but by putting in front of them something that's bigger than themselves. And that bigger thing is really serving their community. And so the, the purpose of Women in Healthcare Give Back is to actually focus on things that are going to help local or global communities and give women that to sink their teeth into as the way they're going to overcome the things that are holding themselves back. I love it. I love it. So let's back up. So let's say what HBA is, because we talked about that off the air, but the description of it is just amazing. And we're both already so impressed with it. <laughs> so HBA actually started back in the 1970s. So the Healthcare Business Women's Association is a global not-for-profit that helps women um, really think about how they're going to be more successful in the workplace. So it's about bringing uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion increasingly to the healthcare industry. Uh, the HBA has, you know, tens of thousands of, of members around the world, um, a very long list of corporate sponsors that work with the organization to help advance those goals in equality and equity in the industry. And it's really become known as an organization that is helping shift the mark. And so HBA runs off a phenomenal group of uh, staff members who are fully employed for the not-for-profit, and then a long list of uh, volunteer leaders like myself who also have professional roles in the industry, but are just passionate about what HBA does, and so also contribute our voice and our time and our energy into helping make it successful. Well, it's, it's, it's so important because we were we were talking a little bit before we started, too, of just how I mean, our world is shaped a lot by kind of the masculine side of things, right? And 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 unfortunately, I mean, it's it's great that organizations like this exist, that you all are doing this, and and we we've, we've noticed, you know, especially, I mean, diversity, equity, inclusion is a big topic right now, and it's a topic that we should have been talking about for a long time, right? But that that how much of our world, consciously or unconsciously, is kind of shaped because of the power that men have had in the world. And have kind of forgotten kind of the female side of of things, right? I mean, what what are some things, you know, I mean, again, that that I see this as a great thing, right? Is that we need more women voices. We need more of this discussion in here because it, it makes our world a better place, right? And and like you said, as as women step up, as they help the communities, as they're giving back more. They're also gaining confidence, but they're making this world a better place too, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what are what are some simple things, you know, that that again that that you, you all are working on to try to to try to help make this change? Yeah, it, you know, Jason, what it makes me think of is like 
when you say the masculine and feminine, you're right so much about uh, uh, success is how do we bring increasing balance in bringing diversity into the workforce? And there are a lot of studies that have shown, you can't really generalize because obviously as individuals, we have a huge range of things that define us beyond things like gender identity. But there are studies that have shown that there's naturally different um, tendencies around uh, how different people lead when they come from different backgrounds. Like you might have a greater tendency towards, uh, you know, really a collaborative environment, you know, more or less listening, right? Aggressive versus more kind of like an open uh, approach to leadership. And those are the types of things where when we can actually tap into um, the diversity of approaches that people bring to problem solving and working together to try to achieve something in industry, we're much more likely to actually deliver on our mission. And, you know, sometimes it starts with simple things, right? So when we're talking about how do we do that in terms of building some of the confidence for women that we try to do through our program, um, it's helping them see that there is so much potential that's already inside them. And sometimes it's simple things like being comfortable with asking. So, you know, something you often hear with women is that they are less likely, right? Then there's a lot of data behind this. They're less likely to ask for a promotion. They're less likely to ask for a compensation increase. And in fact, everyone's heard the whole, you know, somewhere between 70 to 80 cents on a dollar uh, description of sort of where, where pay equity is. Um, and this comes from uh, often not having the background or the skills or the knowledge that it's okay to actually do self-advocacy. And so really simple things like we'll say, we're working with this particular global nonprofit. We wanna amplify the impact of what we can all achieve together. Why don't you share in your network and we'll share with the women you know, different talking points, share in your network what you're passionate about with this nonprofit, help bring attention to what it is they're trying to achieve. And all of a sudden, Women will say, wow, I've never done this before, but I'm actually posting in LinkedIn now. I used to worry so much about what would my network think if I post in LinkedIn that I wasn't really using it. Um, and now I'm actually putting out a perspective and wow, people are actually commenting or sharing or liking my post. And, you know, it's that simple thing where even for that example, Jason, someone's doing something because it, they're doing it because it's um, for something bigger than themselves, but also they're learning, hey, wait a minute, I can do this. I can then go and next time, not just reach out on LinkedIn to someone I don't know, because I want to help achieve something for this nonprofit, like helping get medical equipment we can send um, to communities in need overseas. But also I can reach out because I want to understand their career path and I can reach out to help understand how I might grow in my own career and whether they'd be willing to coach or mentor. So it's overcoming those obstacles that hold us back by giving these women, something that for them is just so incredibly important. And it reminds me of that quote, and I'm, I'm going to totally butcher this quote, by the way, but it goes something like this for me too, with the, you know, um, we can achieve any what, but with a big enough why. So how do we give them a why? And sometimes that why, if you make it about something bigger than ourselves, um, we can then apply it right to ourselves as we continue to try to contribute and grow in this world. Yeah, sure. I mean, every skill we learn, right, expands ourselves. So even if we're learning it for a bigger reason, it it enhances our lives too. 
And to go back to what you said, Lottie, about that, you know, women don't want to ask for a raise and that sort of thing. I don't remember what the exact statistics are, but it was about women applying for positions and they would read the requirements of the job. And if they didn't have 90%, they wouldn't apply where a guy would look and go, ah, I could do three of those things. And they'd put in the application. So, you know, there's so many times where women hold themselves back. There's that if I'm not, if I'm not hundred percent, if I don't have it all, then I'm not worthy of it. Whereas guys tend to have the, and I don't know if it's just the confidence, the bravado, the hormones, the whatever it is that allows them to go, yeah, screw it, whatever. I'll, I'm going to try it. And if I get it great, and if not, whatever, women tend to not do that. So are there specific skills that you've seen people gain over the years, other than just like, just plain out confidence? Are there specific skills that we can instill in some of our young women to have them look at that list and go, Hey, I could do half those things. What the hell? You know, what the heck? Let's try it. Yeah. How phenomenal would that be? If the first thing someone thinks of when they look at something is, yeah, wait a minute, I can do some of this and the stuff I can't do, I'm going to get to learn how to do. How great would that be? If we start from a place of potential, um, when yeah. we're considering these things yeah. and, you know, I think with the, the women that we work with in the program, one of the things that's also really nice um, about the Healthcare Business Women's Association, it's, it's a very supportive and low-risk environment. So um, actually, uh, one of the women on um, my global board for Women in Healthcare Give Back, uh, when she first got recruited into her board position, you know, I said to her, um, we would love for you to do this strategically important marketing and communications role. Um, but you know, you've, you've got to shape it yourself. Here's some of the things we'd like to see. And she looked at that and she doesn't do this stuff in her day job, right? She's a very, uh, seasoned and thoughtful professional day job, but not in marketing communications. And the first thing she said was, well, I've never done marketing communications before. And then she thought about it and she said, but that doesn't mean I can't. <laughs> it's just, it was just such a beautiful thing to see. I'm a wellness woman. I'm speaking highly of it's Amanda Knight. Um, and it's just so lovely to get to see women have the space to be able to explore those things. Because like you said, Kathy, I think that there's a different for many people, right? We're doing a little bit of generalizing here, but I think there's so many statistics that support this a little bit less willingness for risk taking yeah. um, when it comes to women in the workplace and in, in professional industries. And it's not something that's just personal. It's something that sometimes is um, it's almost like a societal thing, right? Like, I'll be honest, there have been times in my career where people have said to me, oh, well, you know, you seem like you're setting an ambitious career goal. Like, why is that? And men have said that to me. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting because I'd never heard any of my male colleagues be told that they were being ambitious in their career goal. And I wondered why a different, you know, criteria should apply to me or really anyone else, regardless of their background. Because it's an ambition about actually seeing the potential of what could be and then constantly trying to reshape ourselves to see if we can achieve that. And that's part of the learning and growth journey. And it's beautiful. Mm. Well, and it's interesting because as you're talking to, you know, I mean, again, there's, there's some different generalities and it, in our society, it seems like, you know, women are the caretakers, right? So, so it seems, it just seems like, you know, if you're a mom, you know, or whatever, you know, usually you're kind of taking care of and you're kind of in the back seat. You know, there's that whole joke behind every great man is a great woman, right? And it's like, well, the woman's probably better than the man is anyway, right? But she's chosen to take the back seat for whatever reason. But there's a lot of those cultural things that I think, you know, push over and, and probably end up feeding into that where women don't aren't willing to be as aggressive or 
put themselves out. Um, it was an old Jimmy Stewart movie, and I can't remember the name of it, but there was a his mother character in that movie. She she would always say, "Oh, it's good enough for the mama." You know, like, like, you know, oh, no, it's, it's, you know, it's good enough for my son, but it's not good enough for the mama, you know, sort of thing to where it, it feels like a lot of women kind of discount themselves and almost feel like they're not worthy. But ladies, you're worth it. You're worth it. You know, it's like, go for it. Right. <laughs> well, and, and Jason, I agree. And I, I think that the ideal place is a place where everyone feels that they're empowered to follow what feels right for them. Because some of those women who want to be in caretaking roles, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I'm thinking, actually, there's a, a leader that I know very well regarded in the industry. Um, she was a partner at a top consulting firm, and she made a decision, and she actually announced it uh, in professional social media, that she wanted to take a step back from her career and support her kids and really focus more on her family. And she had really reached, right, as a partner at a top uh, tier consulting firm. She had really reached like a, a career pinnacle that many people dream of, but it's what felt right for her, right? So she wasn't mm -hmm. doing it from a place of, you know, I, I've got to step back or I, you know, I'm not able to do this or I don't have the confidence to do this. And that should be just as accepted as, you know, supporting the women who do want something different because at a different track, you know, I have a woman that I know and her and her, her husband both have really high powered careers. They're both, you know, lawyers. Um, but she has said, like, it's really challenging for us because when it comes to caretaking, I disproportionately take some of the work. And there's an expectation from the other partners at his firm that, uh, you know, he be available all the time for everything. And that basically they assume because mm -hmm. I'm the wife that I'm going to take over all those other responsibilities as opposed to us being able to share them. And then what naturally that leads to is like, partnership, right? Regardless of your gender identity, regardless of the gender of the person that you're partnered with, being able to have conversations about what's most important to mm -hmm. you as a partner set and how you're going to achieve those together is also really critical. So I think I was very young when someone first said to me, who you partner with is like really important. And, you know, I'm very lucky that I have a, a husband who's incredibly supportive of me being very involved both in the nonprofit work as well as in my my day job that helps pay bills. Yeah. Well, and to that point, that's exactly it is about partnership. And it's also, I think, about knowing what your values are. Yeah. Right. Because if you don't know what you value, and I loved it, one of the first times I started learning about values, I was at a, a women's business conference down in Anaheim. It was all women executives. I was one of the speakers and the keynote was talking about values. And she said, if you don't know what you want, if you don't know what you value, you don't know how to make choices. And she said she struggled as a single mom. Her uh, husband left after right after the second kid was born. So she had two kids by herself under three. And he left, never supported her. And she was struggling and she wanted to start this company. And she got an opportunity many decades later to partner with this Japanese firm and it would set her for life. It was going to be a multi-million dollar contract, but there was one specific week she had to be in Japan. And it was the week of her daughter's wedding. Oh. And you could hear the audience go, oh she said how many of you would have gone to the meeting and we all kind of looked around she said how many would have canceled the meeting lost that opportunity and gone to the wedding and look around and see who raised their hand and then we all waited like well what'd you do and she gave this way too long a pause it was brilliant and she goes i took the meeting 
And I promised my daughter that I would pay for the most amazing month to her go wherever she wanted around the world. And when she sat her daughter down and said, look, I have this opportunity, you know how important this is to me, you know how important you are to me, but I have to take this for the family. I have thought about it over and over. And the daughter went, of course you do. This is what you always wanted. You send me on a trip, you know? So it's like, if she didn't know what her values were, that would have been a much harder decision. And maybe she chose to not do the job and do her daughter's wedding and then regretted it the rest of her life. So I think, you know, it's, it's, and I love how you described ambition, which is right, seeing that potential and then shifting yourself to achieve it. Um, had this woman not made that choice, her life, one, would be very, very different, but she knew what her values were. She knew what, where her ambition lied, let Lane, laid. She knew what it was. I don't know how to conjugate that one. Um, and her daughter understood because her daughter also was in that relationship with her mom and knew what she wanted out of life. Well, and it's interesting that you say that, Kathy, though, because, you know, again, in that room, right, there's a social norm that everybody was sitting there going, oh, well, of course you have to be at your daughter's wedding. That's the right thing it to do. It was split. It was split. When L- she said, was it split? People would that- go to the meeting. I was like, I'd miss my own damn wedding for a multi-million dollar <laughs> business. Yeah. You know, and the, there was there was more people to do the wedding, which I found kind of interesting because in a room of business executives, I mean, it's like one day versus a career setting. I mean, to me, it just, my Capricorn mind is going, well, of course you go take the business thing, right? Like, I mean, yeah. and for some reason they couldn't move the wedding for some, you know, there was something. I was going to say, I thought, Kathy, you'd say they decided to move the wedding to Japan. <laughs> somehow they couldn't do that you know it's like you go to her second wedding she should the first one's not going to work out so no um but it was like it was just it was so interesting to see to gauge the room because I was sitting in the back as I had come in after my talk and I was just watching this to see the reaction of all these women who when she said I went to the meeting you could see half the room go yes and the other half went oh you know well but it's it's interesting because of the social norms that were put into though right I think a lot of times there's pressure put on people right? Like, again, okay, I'm the mother, it's my daughter, maybe it's my only daughter, right? So there's all these social pressures, like, you have to go to your daughter's wedding, right? But at the end of the day, what is it that you really want, right? Regardless of the social norms? I mean, I've seen, you know, men and women, you know, mothers, fathers, I've seen some mothers that don't really like to be moms, right? I mean, they, they, they don't really enjoy having kids. And or decide they don't want kids or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's okay. I mean, each person has to kind of decide what's right for you, regardless of what the social norm happens to be, and not let that social norm kind of push you into making a decision that you really don't want to do. Yeah. And I love I agree with that. And I, I love Kathy what what you had said about really understanding our own values in order to be able to get there. And that's actually one of the hardest things for us as human beings is figuring out what's most important to us. Cause sometimes there's so many other voices, right? You grew up with yeah. um, whatever it is, your family, your friends group, your schools instilled in you. And then you have the layer of the people around you, you have the workplace. And sometimes with all those different voices or ideas, it can actually be hard to um, get to that true North for ourselves. And there's not one right answer. That's what's phenomenal. You can have someone who's dedicated to, you know, nonprofit work or fully full bore on their professional life or their family or some combination of those things or any other number of things. And there's neither right or wrong, but how do we actually get people um, to be able to listen to that voice and figure that out so that they can then ask of others, right? Because the first step is figuring out what we want. 
And then yeah. once you know what you want, you've actually got to communicate it to others so that people can help you along the journey. And until you get that clarity, you're sort of being, you know, tugged around um, by the stream instead of actually, you know, setting an intention and then trying to achieve it. Yeah. Well, and I ask that of my clients all the time. They're confused about what this next step is. And I say, but what do you want? I don't know. But what do you want? I mean, you don't get into, I use this analogy all the time. You don't get to an Uber and say, take me somewhere. You have to know where <laughs> you're going. <laughs> and you also, you don't say to them, don't take me to the airport. Don't take me to the bus station. Don't take me to Starbucks. Don't take, we're so good at saying what we don't want, but what do we want? What are we shooting for? Because if we don't know our destination, and I'm not saying we have to know it every moment of every day, at some point though, we have to decide where we're going or we're never going to get there. <laughs> you know, um, that was the, my, I went to Point Park College, you now Point Park University in Pittsburgh. And it was, you know, our, our slogan was something to the effect of, we get you there. But you don't know where there is unless you pick a there. And we have to know that. We have to know what direction we're going. And I think that's also so lost. And I, I coach so many younger people who, you know, they went to school and they get out of school and they're so lost because they don't know what they want because their parents said, you have to go to school and they do it. And then they go, uh, and they put so much pressure on themselves to, you know, figure out their entire life in one second. And it's like, <laughs> but it is a journey and we change our wants, right? I am not where I thought I would be 30 years ago. I was going to be the Hollywood star. I was an actress. I lived in Hollywood. I was going to be the next big movie star. Not what I'm doing, but I am still on stage and I am still <laughs> entertaining people. I am still on TV and radio. I mean, it's like, I'm doing the thing. It just looks different. But had I not known where I wanted to go, I don't know that I'd be here. It is such a journey, isn't it? Because the more we discover about ourselves and that just evolves constantly, the more we figure out a little bit more about where is it I want to go. So you might have some general intentions. Um, I remember for me, from a very early age, I always was very focused on service, like how can I give back mm -hmm. to others? And actually, before I ended up um, being a, a leader in the healthcare industry, um, I considered all sorts of things, like going into teaching, going into ministry. Um, but then I found that I actually had like a head for strategy and numbers. And if you overlay that with wanting to serve others, it works really well, actually, to be in the healthcare industry. And I can magnify the impact of what I can achieve. But it really took so much thought and course corrections and trying one job out and going, well, what did I like and what did I learn? And then being willing to try something else and take some risks. And, and that's the other thing I think about it is, yes, we want to know how do we get there, but also there's something beautiful about here. So here in this moment, what is it that we can learn and extract and feeling the comfort of knowing we've arrived at any given moment that we're actually already in. So there's not a pressure and a stress to get to the there because yeah. we're naturally always progressing towards it. And it's a fun journey. Yeah. Well, it is important to honor the here, right? And I, I remember uh, when I got my PhD, my diploma arrived. I had picked it up from the post office box and a client of mine walked in for a massage. And I was like, do you want to be the first one to see this? And she was all excited. And I unrolled my diploma and I went, yay. Okay. So, you know, now, now what I want to do is I'm going to, and she goes, Kathy. And I went, what? Because I'm not used to a client talking to me that way. And she goes, you just pooped all over your PhD. Can you take five minutes and honor the fact that you just finished a freaking PhD? And I went, yeah, you're right. I checked the box. I was ready to move on to the next thing. Capricorn, right? Everything to me is a checklist. This is my mouse pad. It's a checklist of things. 
And she brought to my attention of, Kathy, why don't you just be here for a second? Now, is there stuff to do? Yes. Is there stuff I want to accomplish? Yes. And it is about honoring the here. It is about honoring where you are in any given moment. And she very violently reminded me of that. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just I just got hit with like five different things I needed to hear today too myself, right? right? So it's um yeah, and it's you know again just just having the you know knowing where you want to go is such an important part. And, and and I think too, you know, Lottie what you were saying, you know, is as in your journey of <clears throat> am I going to be a teacher? Am I going to you know go into the ministry? Am I going to do some of these things cuz I want to serve? I think this is one thing that's that's really kind of hit me um, recently is, you know, a lot of people are waking up now and they're realizing, hey, there's a lot more to this life than just the grind, the corporate grind, right? And I want to serve more people. And so a lot of people end up, you know, having this existential angst of they quit a high paying job and they're like, I'm going to go teach surfing lessons, or I'm going to go be a hypnotist. Or I'm going to go, you know, do something that they see as being more serving kind of a thing, right? And, and, and give up a high paying job, give up a job where you actually can influence lots of people. You can be the change in your organization or in your industry, which is exactly what you're doing with the nonprofits you're working with. But also all the people that that your company's serving or providing, you know, services to all the people that you're interacting with as well, and that really we can serve in a lot of ways. And by serving the way that you serve, being the kind of leader that you are, right, adds that that point of diversity, makes us stronger, both your company, all the people around you as well, right? That a lot of times. When people are trying to find out what do I want, a lot of times it's like focus on the now. Where are you now? Because where you are now is probably where you wanted to be, because that's where you are. Right. So be grateful and figure out how to do things in maybe a little bit different way to serve more. But you probably don't need to throw every, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater and start completely over as well. Yeah. And, and service to your point, Jason, it's a mindset. So literally every moment, you know, you go to a restaurant, let's say you get really great service. There's the tip, but also there's the opportunity to say, can I talk to the manager and actually speak about the person who gave above and beyond service with a smile and really tried to make sure, you know, your kids were happy with the chocolate milk and was just thoughtful and asked about your day. So service is in every moment and it's, it's the way we carry that with us and how we choose to show up. And it's also in realizing that because there's so many ways to serve, you can do it as a leader who's overseeing an organization of thousands. You can also do it as, you know, for example, there was a, another woman that I met, you know, airplane conversations are always fun Love it um, on an airplane. And, um, you know, she had two young kids. So I was like, oh, how's it going? And, you know, do you need any help? Because they were kind of rambunctious and I'm a mom too. So I'm always happy to help. And she was like, no, you know, they're, they're being crazy, but I'm, I'm at peace with it. I'm really comfortable. And I, I love what I'm doing to take care of them. And it turned out over time that um, she was uh, a mom who had first had kids in her forties. 
as I got to know her. And she said that she used to work for another top tier consulting firm and had made it very far in her career there. And she said, I was just ready. I was just ready to focus on this and on them. And so for me, even when they're being rambunctious, it's not that hard because this is what I wanted in this moment. Um, and there's so just so many ways to serve individuals as we interact yeah. throughout the day. And then also in the longer arc through the strategies that we set and then try to work towards um, within organizations. I love it. Uh, and what a beautiful place to end too. Yeah, just be where we are and know where you want to go. It got very existential here for... <laughs> <laughs> we never nice. know where we're gonna go we never know where we're gonna a, go that's a good i know that's that's one of the topics again i needed to hear again myself today and i'm sure lots of people that are listening need to hear that too yeah i love it i love it lottie where can people reach you or the organization learn more about what you guys are all doing yeah um well the women in healthcare give back which is part of the healthcare business women's association uh, is on linkedin so you can definitely find us there um, and we have a handy little tiny URL.com slash WIH give back. And you don't have to be a woman and you don't have to be in healthcare. You just have to care that we're doing those things and help us amplify that. Um, and then the Healthcare Business Women's Association is uh, hbanet.org. Uh, uh, so if there's anything else that you'd like to learn about this great global organization that's trying to increase diversity, equity, and inclusion, you are always welcome. Yay. Thank you so much for being here. What a great conversation. I knew when we were chatting last week that this would be, oh, this week actually, uh, that it would be a, a great conversation. So thanks for coming. I'm Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So go out, have a great week. Enjoy where you're at right now and uh, just serve. Just, just find some way this week, some person, some way that you can serve, whether that's yourself, other people as well. Catch you on the next episode of the Fire Nerd Podcast. See ya. See ya.